What right does a man with no mandate have to deny Scottish democracy? Hello, and welcome to The Troll, the show where we scroll through Twitter so you don't have to. I'm Marina Perkis. And I'm Gemma Forte, and this is our first Troll since the Supreme Court ruled against Scotland having an independence referendum, their last one, of course, being in 2014. So Lewis Goodall, the journalist, tweeted that they had ruled unanimously that the Scottish Parliament does not have the power to legislate for a referendum on Scottish independence, or at least it cannot do so lawfully without Westminster's approval. This was John Nicholson, who is the MP for Oakle and South Persia, who appeared on Politics Live not long after. We've been told repeatedly that it's a union of equals and it's a voluntary union. Well, I just asked the very obvious question. If it's a voluntary union, how do you leave? It has to be surely elections mandates and the Scottish Parliament taking a decision. Yeah, but mm. John's, got po- John's got a point there. John's got a very lovely accent and a, and a point. I love the Scottish accent. Yeah, I liked the panic in his voice. How do we leave? <laughs> Good How? point. How? Yeah. But look, I do not want to see the breakup of the union, but we can we just appreciate the irony and audacity of a government that was hell-bent on leaving a union, i.e. the European Union, and, you know, getting its sovereignty and all that crap, denying a member of a union the opportunity to leave a union. Like, you can't make this shit up. But also, like, think how the Scots have been treated. Um, I don't know if you can think back to when Liz Truss was in power <laughs> many moons ago. Yeah, that strange, what... dr- bad dream. That's what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, if only, if only. Um, but you remember how rude she was about, like, Nicola Sturgeon, saying that she would just ignore her, even though she's the democratically elected First Minister of Scotland. And also the independence referendum, because people keep saying, oh, you had your time and it was a once in a life, was it once in a generation um, referendum? That was almost 10 years ago. And since then, the Scots have been massively lied to in that time. So much has changed. They were dragged out of the EU against their will, even though the Tories who campaigned for Scotland to say, yes, we want to stay within the union, promised to keep them in the EU. Then they've gone and like decimated their fishing industries also means um, like their power share in Westminster, I think, is really poor as well. So they never really get to have as much impact as they'd want. But so much has changed. So if they can't leave now, like, is it a union, Gemma, or is it a prison? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I think the thing I found find interesting about about it all is that my stance, I think, is very similar to yours. Of course, as an English person, I want the unions to stay together. So quite frankly, for me, without Northern Ireland, Scotland and Wales, then, you know, if you took that away, we become little England, you know, and I don't like that idea of growing up in the yeah. United Kingdom. I would, of course, prefer it. And it was always one of those things that us old Moni Ramonas, as we were called, said could happen as a result of Brexit mm. um, uh, coming to fruition, of course. But... All of that said, okay, so I think we're together, we're richer, we're better, we're bigger. But if I was Scottish, would I want to be joined to these maniacs in Westminster feeling the way that I do? No, I wouldn't. And I strongly suspect, I suspect that if I was Scottish, and this is, I think it's so important for English people to understand that they do have less skin in the game than Scots. Mm-hmm. And it, and and where is people's empathy? And it, it's hard for people to understand because they get so tribal that you can hope the union stays together, but understand why many, not all, of course, it's such a febrile topic. Uh, Scots want to want to leave, basically. Mm. 
Um, Weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a paradox where they sort of like, they're quite rude about the Scots, but then they don't want to let them go. Mm. Weird, isn't it? Mm. Um, mm. John Nicholson, so he's he's the guy that was in that clip. He's yeah. actually been in the news again today, I think it was, because he's under investigation um, because he put on Twitter the mm. contents of a letter that he had from the Speaker of the House, Sir Lindsay Hoyle, right. um, in relation to basically um, Nadine Dorries, everyone's favourite. <laughs> she went on a Channel 4 documentary uh, in a towel block. I think she lived in this towel block or something. And she she claimed that Channel 4 used actors to act as these poor people that lived in this towel block. That was allegedly false. And yeah. so... Um, uh, John Nicholson wanted to refer her to the Privileges Committee to be investigated for this. And he's been denied that. So Lindsay Hoyle denied it. And so John Nicholson has posted the contents of this letter, which shows that the denial. And then he himself has found himself under investigation for doing that. Which is flipping out. Bonkers. Yeah, and, and, that is mad, isn't it? Adam Bienkov, a political editor and correspondent of Byline Times, he actually tweeted about this. He said... It says a lot about the political culture in Westminster that the only person to face any consequences for Nadine Dorries' misleading parliament is the MP who pointed it out. Oh, extraordinary. And this is the other thing. If you're pro-democracy, which I obviously am, um, just sort of this idea that people can only express themselves democratically when, as you pointed out earlier, the goalposts have changed so fundamentally mm. You know, everything that people have been promised has not come to light. Brexit was supposed to be brilliant and it's not as shit. So I thought, it's it's not, is that news to you? Yeah, 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 it's really good. Going well. Uh, So I spotted this tweet by someone called Sarah, whose handle is at Coke Shy Shy Mum. That sounds weird. Anyway, (laughs) K-O-K-E, shy of a bit of Coke. No, K-O-K-E-S-H-I Mum. These handles, Marina. The, I can the see, I read, that as, I read that as Kukishaman. Kukishaman. Or Kukishaman. Kukishaman. Anyway, that's the handle. Enough time on that. Uh, she wrote, I should have just called her Sarah. Absolutely amazing how Johnson getting 43% of the vote was a massive mandate for Brexit, but Sturgeon getting 45% of the vote is not a mandate for Scottish Mm. independence. Exactly. And then, here we go again, at at Polo and Sons, easy, Polo 5 says, Dear England, can we please have your permission to leave the voluntary union? Best wishes, Scotland. (laughs) Exactly. They're such hypocrites. I mean, I'm not even Scottish, but all this is making me want independence. Mm -hmm. Go a bit Braveheart, Gemma. Have you got any Mm. blue and white face paint I could borrow? I could rustle some up, yeah. Make well, you've a got blue eyeshadow. <laughs> blue eyeshadow, that is just so <laughs> 70s. Also, yeah, we've got probably orange sheets from our fake tan, but we could go blue and white, just really change it up a bit. You speak, uh. you speak for yourself. <laughs> right, let's give the last laugh. You never, of, you never smell a biscuits, ever. No, I do, frequently. <laughs> My husband tells me so. Uh, but let's give the last word of this uh, to SNP leader of the House of Commons, Ian Blackford. So this clip of him was posted by Kerry at Hewitson 10. And it's of Ian Blackford in Parliament asking Sunak a very reasonable question indeed. Prime Minister doesn't even have a personal mandate to sit in 10 Downing Street. What right? Does a man with no mandate have to deny Scottish exactly. democracy? Yeah. Do you know what I've just realised? Obviously, the patriarchy that we live in, Marina, mandate. 
Man, <laughs> no, but when you look at all of the words, yeah, humankind manifesto, no. smash even, the patriarchy, Gemma, hmm. even menopause. Oh Christ, yeah, like they've got yep. monopoly on our on our yep. drainage systems. Menstruation, oh, freaking hell. everywhere. <laughs> Manifesting, <laughs> manifesting. Oh, <laughs> Well, we'll see what we can do about that. Put it on the list. Um, did you watch? You probably haven't had time. I don't know. But did you see the Catherine Ryan interview with Louis Through? Didn't see it. I've heard lots come off the back of it, though. Yeah, I've got to say, I've got a lot of friends who've been chit-chatting about it. Um, I did watch it. We're big Louis Through fans in this house. My uh, my daughter wants to do anthropology one day, and she loves all that sort of human behaviours and the approach that he takes in the interviews. Anyway, the point is... You probably have heard already, but Catherine Ryan did this quite controversial. Well, is, is it controversial? I don't know. She did an interview with Louis Through, and within it said that it was an open secret that there's a famous TV star who's a sexual predator. And this went all over Twitter. It really blew up. People like Lab Bible getting involved and lots and lots of um, interesting reaction to it. Um, and I think, I think for me... I personally think the most poignant bit of the interview is when she said, the trouble is, if you look throughout history and people allude to somebody or allude to somebody or someone specific, i.e. like Harvey Weinstein and all the Me Mm. Too campaign, or she referenced Jimmy Savile, everyone sort of goes, yeah, we knew. Mm. And that is horrendous. Yeah, And obviously we are not going to sit here and do any talking about who that person could be because... that would be litigious and no. and wrong. We'd end up in a lot of trouble. And Prison. I don't think Prison our bank counters would be able to um, get us out. No. And also very, very wary that within discussion, and this is where it does become pro- problematic, is that then when there are names going around, there's only one of those names that it refers to, right? So but people you get dragged right. in. No, because I was quite late to this. Uh, and when I did a bit of a Google search on it, because I didn't know who the person was, and I, we still don't know, right? But when you do search into Google, it comes up with two names, two different men's names, which is, mm-hmm. is a bit worrying in itself. Um, Sophia Collins at Sophia Cole tweeted, I'm reading a thread speculating about who the predator Catherine Ryan cannot name is. The depressing thing is how many plausible options there are. Yeah, very yeah. bloody depressing. And also, I saw there were a lot of people calling on Catherine Ryan to out the person, which is like, yeah, well, yeah, I understand. But it's sadly much easier said than done. Writer and columnist Terry White tweeted, in caps, Catherine Ryan should name the predator so the police can stop him. Shout those oblivious to A, men with means using litigation to silence and intimidate, and B, less than 1% of reported rapes ending conviction. Women use whisper networks because they are only means of protection. So yeah, depressing, isn't it? Exactly. I, I think there was a reply to that from someone called Dan Cole, who didn't really get it. And he tweeted, Catherine Ryan, unless you're going to name them, stop talking about it. What's the point? And she, Catherine Ryan, replied herself saying, people keep asking me, Dan, are you dumb? And yeah, I get it. The point is, she clearly is speaking her I hate this expression but she is speaking her truth Marina she mm. is speaking her truth um slap me for that one and <laughs> um but you know what I mean and she can't yeah because she gets sued and she's clearly weighed it up and just thought it ain't worth it but if she said nothing we wouldn't be talking about this so how do you call out the behavior it's all incredibly 
problematic but there you go anyway you can't and you know what it's getting harder and harder I, like I've actually um I've been threatened twice with a with a lawsuits just from my content on Twitter oh. I'm gonna say it by who or whatever but yeah. um just I have to be very cautious these days yeah people we, out there with we, bank we, accounts much bigger than mine I know <laughs> I know up. I know, and we are becoming a little bit more of a sort of Sue culture. Um, you know, good old Sue. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's all your fault. Um, the point is, yeah. Uh, in fact, somebody we went for lunch with recently was talking about a, a well-known face was talking about their attitude to Twitter and like, do not do it in veritas, in vino veritas. Don't ever tweet when drunk. And I tell you what, there was a moment this week when that that should have applied to me as well, Marina. But the less said about that, the better. Right, we're already at that time. I think we, uh, yeah, we're at corruption time, Gemma. Ah, oh, corruption, corruption, corruption. So many people tweet that to me now, I love it. I know, it stays in my head. You can't just say corruption anymore, I have to say it three times. Yeah. So on the subject of corruption, listener, question for you. Have you ever accidentally lobbied the government for a contract and then ended up with £29 million in your offshore bank account? Have you? Gemma, have you? Oh, I've done it. I've done it loads. Did it last night, actually. Yeah, I was like, oops. And then suddenly I just had millions. I thought, oh, well, never mind. Divid it out a bit. Annoying, isn't it? Mm. That's exactly what happened to Tory peer Michelle Moan. So huge scandal, this. It's been brewing for months, but then broke with a bang in The Guardian. Long story short, Michelle Moan allegedly, lots of allegedly is going on. We've learned our lesson. Allegedly lobbied government ministers like Michael Gove to use this company called PPE MedPro, for PPE during the pandemic. PPE MedPro then goes into this Tory crony VIP lane where literally millions, might even have been billions, of our cash was funnelled to businesses with Tory links. And then PPE MedPro, which I actually think only just got set up conveniently in time to receive that government contract, gets awarded contracts worth over £200 And then shared loads of these profits have allegedly found their way accidentally into Michelle Moan's husband's bank account. And then, would you believe it, into hers, despite her repeatedly saying she did not benefit financially and was not connected to the company. And just to top it all off, a load of it was bloody shit. Gemma, couldn't even use it. Faulty. Wasn't up to spec. So real value for money there. Yeah, well, we, we paid for that. It's great, isn't it? Um, Jolion Morn from the Good Law Project tweeted, the question is not why Michelle Moan got 29 million of your money. The question is how Michelle Moan got 29 million of your money. It's so rank. I think the trouble is, is that we've all become desensitised. So if mm. this particular scandal had hit, because this was broken in The Guardian... Yeah. And it, it made waves a bit. Um, we had it as a paper story on Jeremy Vine last week but it hasn't been on the headline news and it bloody well should be mm-hmm. it is vile and like I say I think we've just become numbed to scandal I mean it's like at the very least she should be stripped of her peerage this mm-hmm. money needs to be frozen it is not hers I, I, allegedly allegedly but my god like the fact that people aren't like absolutely all furious and aware of this is 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 it just shows how how low the british government have am i uh, right in thinking the bbc didn't cover it 
Oh, well, that's interesting, you see, because I think you're right. When it first broke in The Guardian, I don't think the BBC did report it for a while, but then they did when Labour questioned it. And I think the trouble with that is I think the BBC have to really verify stories from a few sources before they report it. And I saw a lot of that sort of BBC questioning on Twitter Mm. as well, but I suspect that it was the usual kind of not thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Have you seen who they've just appointed? The bloke from GB News. So, yes. Listener, yeah. we're not joking. Um, so this is GB News. I think he was content editor or something like that at GB News. He's just been appointed to the BBC in, uh, I think, it's director of news programming. In fact, there's a guy um, called Danny Price. In fact, he calls himself Danny Effing Price. But he, if him. you want to have a look at Instagram, find him on there, Danny Effing, but he spells out the, the swear word. I don't know why I've suddenly gotten so prudy. But anyway... And he's put a great Instagram post with all these people at the BBC and what their backgrounds are. And it has basically just yeah. become a, a becoming news news content wise, a Tory mouthpiece. That said, I'm always very careful not to go into the BBC bashing because it's so much more than just news content. And I hope that that can be reversed because I would hate to lose the BBC personally. Agreed. But back to Michelle Moan. But if this is, this is if it's true. Mm. This is fraud on an absolutely enormous scale, like it just huge. And all of us are the victims, by the way. So us mugs, the taxpayers. Do you, so do you ever see those pictures that she posts on social, like the yacht that she likes to post pictures of? You and I, listener, we contributed to that. Maybe mm. like I don't know, the toilet roll in the bathroom or piece of fabric from the curtain or something. We paid for it, basically. And yet you've got to wonder what the consequence will be given her status. So at you lazy one tweeted, the BBC has reported that a Gloucester woman falsely claimed £9,000 in universal credit payments and was sentenced to 12 month community order and the false claim will be recovered. What will Michelle, Michelle Moan receive after falsely claiming 29 million of taxpayers' money? So that's the thing. We should get that money back. Yeah. And all this is going on. And I'm willing to bet, this is the sad thing, she probably won't even get stripped of her peerage. But do you know what? I know we joke with our lords of the week, but it does give you an indication of just how dodgy some of these lords and baronesses are. And Moan has got form for being generally awful. Oh, do you know what? On that note, um, the other day... I just want to kind of say that, again, you're right. So many of those lords are just awful. But I I was on telly with a lord the other day and he was he was a conservative lord, but really a a good kind of moderate lord. (laughs) Lord, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also know that we were at an event the other night and I was told that there's a, a liberal dem Lord, and he had purposefully missed the event because he needed to stay to stop a horrible piece of Tory legislation going through that would have been, I can't remember what it was, but it was it would have so a negative NHS. impact on the NHS. Yeah. That's right. And he stayed behind and it, it, and it was defeated by one vote. Oh my God, you're joking. Yeah, by one vote. It was Lord Renard. So, yes, you know, he's brilliant. I love him. It, well, out of those hundreds and hundreds of lords, there are plenty in there still who are a force for good and a reasonable and a moderate. But uh, yeah, I personally, what the reform it needs is to get the shit ones out. Mm-hmm. More due diligence. Not people like bloody Michelle Moan. Although she was put in by Cameron. And I think at the time, this is the problem. They don't do enough proper due diligence. And I think his thinking was... She's Scottish, she's a woman, she's like a slightly different demographic, she's a businesswoman. But apparently there was quite a few other people at the time saying she's a bit of a Walter Mitty character, you've got to be careful. And also and Cameron's judgment, 
Cameron's judgment. <laughs> you trust that? Do you? Do you? <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Smooth face. He's got smoother faces than us. Jesus. <laughs> right. Um, Stuart McDonald, who is an SNP MP, tweeted. I see Lady Moan is in the news tonight, dearie me, and I'm reminded of this treasured moment when she was on QVC selling jewellery as the Lords debated the EU withdrawal bill back in 2018. Hashtag Baroness for life. So basically he was questioning why she was on QVC instead of voting in the House of Lords. This was her really deeply classy response on Twitter. This is Michelle Moan. What are you talking about, you, spelt just you, SNP moron, have voted over 78 times, not twice. I'm a global entrepreneur with nine biz interests, not a full-time MP like you. The difference is I'm a baroness for life, whereas you'll be out of your job in no time. What? Wow. What a dick. That's what a dick. That's just, like, so uncool. Oh, just God. like, oh, Christ, do you think she was, like, proper drunk? I don't know. Like, what are you doing? Drunk on power. Drunken peerage power. And uh, penguin, penguin, penguin for me. That's penguin for me. Penguin for... Oh, fuck. I can't do it, Marina. What is that handle? Replied, I recommended a company to be appointed to receive over 200 million of public funds and claimed I had no connection to it. Then, accidentally, while I was bending over, <laughs> 29 million of it ended up in my pocket. I'm seeking counselling and hope we can move past this one-time incident. And hacked off Hugh, who's Hugh Grant, tweeted... It's comforting to know that when we pay our tax bills, the money goes to Conservative Party friends, relations and donors for largely useless goods and services. That's right, everybody. Tory fiscal responsibility. Staying on Lords, it's time for our... Gemma? Lord of the... And this week, it's, oh God, it's Daniel Moylan again, isn't it? <laughs> he loves it. He's, he's just, I think he listens and he's just like, I'm going to get in there again. I've got a shit take, hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, Dan. Come in. He is so deluded. He tweeted, Leave never claimed Turkey was imminently going to join the EU. They said it was the EU's and Turkey's plan. The UK was funding Turkey's preparation. <laughs> Which every everyone knows, like the man lives bullshit. in bloody denial, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't think he's lying. Mm. <laughs> I think he's just on another planet. I think he's he's a bit like he's in there with John Redwood and um, that Longworth guy who are like old men shout at old man shouts at clouds. You know the yes. one I mean? They just yeah. let's come to Twitter, just talk bollocks. Um, and everyone and their dog saw those terrible vote leave ads that were being pumped out, which claimed exactly that about Turkey. They were they were massive billboards, Gemma. Like yeah. countrywide. <laughs> so like cute a load of people on Twitter responding to him with pictures <laughs> of those exact ads. So basically you've got like Turkey on a map, Britain on a map, and a great big arrow going from Turkey to Great Britain with the nine Turkey's seventy six million people adjoining the EU. And did he accept that he was wrong? Of course not. The old bell just doubled down. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll find out that he's he doesn't exist and he's actually a woman called Heather. And she's just giggling her fucking tits off, just going, right, what bullshit can I write this week? I know, I'll write, uh, Boris Johnson is the most ethical prime minister we've ever had. Exactly. And um, <laughs> stuff like that. 
Um, yes, yeah, so Nadine Dorries should be a professor because she's yes. just yeah, professor of I think, culture. I think he did tweet that, didn't he, last week? Probably, he probably did. We've had a few contenders for underrated tweets this week, I tell you. Mm-hmm. Amanda at Pandemonium, uh, at Pandemonium Mum, always gives a good go, I tell you. She wrote, I find it hard to believe people are voting to keep Matt Hancock in I'm a Celebrity. But then I remember, this is the same country that voted for Brexit, Boris Johnson, and Mrs Brown's boys as the best comedy at the National Television Awards. And then I think, oh, no, I can totally believe it. <laughs> right. It is amazing, isn't it? And I guess you just have to keep remembering it takes all sorts because people do find that funny. I'd mm-hmm. rather eat old cheese than watch that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and then there was another one like Russ from Cheshire. He always he always gives good tweet. And actually, just want to say, if you're listening, Russ, congratulations on his new book. It's called The Decade in Tory. And it is a tome, I tell you. And actually, for research purposes, I, I reckon it'll be in libraries and everything or like history A-levels in the future. It's magnificent. Um, So Tom Harwood, who's like, right-wing GB News political correspondent. He has really interesting takes on Twitter as well. And he tweeted, Matt Hancock winning I'm a Celeb would annoy all the right people. Because, like, you know, his mission in life is just to make people irritated. And uh, Russ uh, quote tweeted it and put, yeah, well, I'd also be fairly annoyed if somebody pushed Judy Dench down the stairs, if that's your basis for a policy agenda. Why? Why do people take so much delight, delight in annoying the right, all the right people? Why do you have to annoy people, you bellend? Just I don't know. Your dick. I don't know. Good old Ross, though. On the subject of Hancock, I found a tweet that I really enjoyed, and it was a picture of um, it was actually a picture of Matt Hancock and Dominic Raab side by side, mm. <laughs> and someone called Will Wiles tweeted. In the early days of the daily briefings, my wife confessed to having trouble telling Hancock from Rob, and I said, Hancock looks like he drained the company pension fund by accident, and Rob looks like he did it on purpose. And I stand by that. <laughs> and <laughs> and you actually see them side by side. It's like, so yeah. true. <laughs> and what I'm about to say, please don't take offence if you are one of these, but they both look like Foxton's estate agents, specifically, <laughs> don't they? But no offence if you're a Foxton's estate agent. Because you're not that type of Watson's estate agent, but that's what they look like. Oh. So if we've got the winner, a winner. There a winner. Go on, yeah. yeah. There were so many good ones this week. The winner is from at Neil Gibbons, who tweeted, England aren't playing badly. The game is simply the result of global factors, not least the effects of the pandemic and Putin's illegal war in Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Although actually, as we have come to press, England played very well Did do you know right. what i just every time marcus rashford does well i love him so much and i have reached that point of age where i don't look at him and think oh he's beautiful i think i'd like to set him up with my daughter that's oh. uh, that's the kind that's the kind of nice young man i'd like my daughter to bring home one day he's a good egg he's just so lovely he exudes great doesn't he i don't know where i am on that spectrum am i Looking at them as if, no, I think I'm not yeah, there yet, Gemma. You're, you're probably still I'm there. Still I know, and it happened spot. to me. <laughs> you're still like, yeah, all right, mate. Um, <laughs> whereas I have, I have crossed over, mm. feeling, feeling more motherly about him. And that's appropriate. Yeah, thank you for that as we conclude <laughs> remember, part one. Do you remember years ago when One Direction, One X Factor, and all these like middle-aged housewives were going, whoa, about um, Harry? And then it was yeah. just a bit like, oh, really? Yeah, it's weird. Oh, yeah. Weird. Keep it to yourself. You, you could have birthed him. Yeah. 
Um, um, <laughs> is that enough for you, uh, listener, in part one? Because you'll want to join us, if so, in part two, where the, the troll actually gets much more intimate. <laughs> than Believe that. it or not. <laughs> we asked our lovely followers on Twitter what questions they'd like to ask us. So tune in to part two for the answers. Tell you what, there are an awful lot of very random questions. They come from all sorts of areas and subject matters. <laughs> but it looks like a lot of you want to know what we think of Starmer. Keir Starmer. So we'll definitely be going there. And it only leaves us with pudding, Gemma. Keir Starmer as opposed to who else? You're like Starmer, you know, Keir Starmer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah, know that, that other Starmer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, we'll definitely go into that because it's complicated. I might have a new theme tune for Starmer as well. That one I was singing to you the other day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring Tune that. in to part two. Okay, pudding time. And it's the same person who got pudding in the last episode of The Troll. It's Mr. Michael Spicer again, but you know what? Quite frankly, his was the best clip, so that's what we've chosen. And uh, this is him. It's obviously very topical because it's football-based. He captioned this clip with, The pundit who says, pockets of space, but doesn't know what it means. The great thing about him is that he can find pockets of space. You know, that's his thing. That's what he likes to do, finding those pockets of space all over the field. Um, Even when you think, there's no pockets of space to be had in this game. He, He just crops up and finds a pocket of space, just like that, bam, you know? And um, even when he walks out onto the field, he's like looking around, looking for pockets of space. And um, it's, a, it's a great thing to have, a great attribute uh, to have in the modern game. And um, my advice to him is just carry on and keep, keep in this rich vein of form, finding pockets of space. Um, because when you find a pocket of space, you can create goals. I've always said that. And um, yeah, he's just got to carry on finding those pockets of space. That's the thing about this, this, this lad is that he can find pockets of space. You know, he is the pocket of space man. Um, So, you know, good luck to him. Uh, Hopefully he'll find more pockets of space in the future. (laughs) 